Like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a... And then whatever it is you said. I didn't say preacher. I did say Spider-Man, but the... And they're close to the same thing. But they're not quite. And it, it, as you go through your life, each stage of your life is defined by um, an identity that you either give to yourself or um, you, someone else gives to you. Um, they, they, we, have a, we have a tendency to just to say, I am this and I'm defined by this because this is the thing I'm good at. Have you ever noticed that most of the time we define ourselves by what we're good at and we define others by what they're not good at? We'll, let, we'll label people, label ourselves with, well, I, I, I try. You may not succeed, but you try. And we'll label others. And, and maybe, maybe your identity is something uh, smaller than that. Maybe your identity is that you're a runner, or you love cheesecake, or you're a Cardinals fan, or maybe like just deep down, you, you, ha- you, you found something to latch on to, and that thing that you've latched on to, now you identify as that. We're just all searching to be somebody. It's funny watching junior high kids and their contrived personalities. They are. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. They, they're trying to figure out who they are. And they can change in a moment's notice. You can, you can take a, a kid in 6th, 7th, or 8th grade and just bring them into a new situation and they adapt. But do that to an adult. You have to warn the other adults about this guy that's coming in. Okay, my friend's kind of... Uh, just, he's joking. See, as, our, as we grow up, our identities kind of solidify, but as young kids, sometimes they, we can be whoever it is that we need to be. And you can watch these, we can watch junior high students, uh, and, and really adults, college students do this as well. As soon as they get into a new situation, they start telling people about themselves. Because they would like to establish their identity before other people establish it for them. Because one thing goes wrong in middle school, high school, college, or even in a new job, then you are labeled for life. Or at least it can feel that way. And we hope that our identities rest on something good. Or maybe even it's not good, but it's just unique or it's different. We want to be known for or as Something. We hope to be defined by something that's good at least, or maybe even something that stands out. I, it's tough when you're mediocre at just about everything. And that's, that's pretty well where we, most of us, we don't have a lot of savants. I always tell Rachel that I'm probably a savant. I just haven't tried the thing yet. (laughs) Like the first time I try origami, I'm going to be incredible at it. I just never knew. 
But we, we're just mediocre in most things. That's what most people are. We're just mostly getting by. So what do we hold on to? For you, your public identity may be different than your private identity. When what you see in the mirror may be hard for you to see. And that is completely understandable. Because we mess up, we don't make the best decisions. There, there's this little verse in Mark 3 that is beautiful to me. It's just listing, guys. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the names Boanerges, means sons of thunder. I've never been able to say that properly. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, hashtag spoiler alert, who betrayed him. It gives it away right at the beginning. It's this little verse in 16, which just says 6 on the board, but it's 16. Simon... To whom he gave the name Peter. And then you got James and John, who he nicknamed Sons of Thunder, which made for an awesome decal on their race car. <laughs> so we had these three guys Peter, James, and John that we see Jesus giving names. Now, the, the, the Greek here. Like, should, it's translated best, he laid upon them names. And that word is only used in Mark for these two namings and several healings. So he laid his hands upon them and healed them. So it's for names and hands. And so Jesus sees Simon and calls him Peter. Now, for us, those are two names. So it's odd. It would be like someone coming to me and saying, Hi, my name is Timothy. And I'd say, Oh, that's great. I'm going to call you Ichabod. You can't just nickname someone a different name. But what Jesus did is different. Both with... Um, I, I keep thinking, how would we say this in Hickville? Boanerges? Both with that and with, uh, with Peter, these aren't names. He didn't rename Peter. Peter, Petros in Greek, Kephas in Hebrew, which we say Cephas in Hickville. Kephas and Petros both mean rock. So, you don't typically have friends named Peter, but you have friends who trip over Peters. You tell your kids to not throw Petroses 
or Kepas. And so Peter's nickname is a legitimate nickname. And we have that nickname in our vocabulary. Rocky. Jesus nicknamed three of his disciples. For me, that, that takes away the, um, the holier... Like sometimes when we picture Jesus talking, we, we see him... We have it like a real like he's very for, very formal Jesus, but very formal people don't nickname people. Sons of Thunder is such a funny nickname because son of in uh, in in their world means the epitome of. So when he says I'm the son of man, uh, the son of man comes. He's saying the epitome epitome of man, the ideal. Man, you represent men. If you're a son of God, you represent God. If you're a son of thunder, we all, we've all known brothers who were sons of thunder. They were the epitome of raucous and ruckus. They should have been named raucous and ruckus. Because that's all they cause. They're just bumbling through the house. Their parents don't own anything nice anymore. Every 4th of July, they just put one of them in a cast because <laughs> preemptive casting. We've all known just wild brothers. James and John were wild brothers. Peter seemingly was a big dude. Peter uh, chopped off a guy's ear with a sword. Um, he was Remember, he was aiming for the head. Chopped off a guy's ear with a sword. He also dragged a net full of 150 fish onto the shore. That's hard to do unless you have some upper body strength and lower body strength. Big guy. Jesus looks at him and says, your name's Peter. Your name's Rocky. I'm calling you the Rock. From now on. And everyone else did too. People call him Peter all the time. Paul, um, Paul, when he's telling about, telling the story of his confrontation with him, it's Cephas. The rock. Peter was named something by Jesus and it mattered to him. In Mark 8 we see that Peter Jesus says, who do you think I am? And Peter says, uh, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you are the rock. And on this rock your confession I will build my church. I will build my gathering. It is on the confession that you think I'm the Messiah. So Jesus used, it was important to Peter. He was named by the Messiah. It was important for him to have, have this nickname that he carried. When he writes letters, when we, the letters we have in first in the, in the New Testament aren't called first and second Simon. Most of you won't even recognize him as Simon. They're called first, it's from Peter. 
two people. Mark was written by a guy named John Mark. And John Mark spent time around Peter. Most of his time was spent around Peter, so it's assumed that the Gospel of Mark is, is really Mark writing down the collections of Peter's sermons about Jesus, Peter's story. So it could be considered the Gospel of Peter. It's, it's, and so when, when Peter in this Gospel, or when Mark in this Gospel says, these are the twelve he appointed Simon, to whom he gave the name It could have just said Peter. But for some reason, they want to emphasize the giving of names. It's important. He's going to call him Peter throughout the whole book. He's not going to call him Simon a whole lot. We could just say Peter. Everyone knew him as Peter, but let's remember that it's Jesus that gave Peter that name, that it's Jesus that nicknamed James and John. That one didn't stick as well. It's not called First Sons of Thunder. <laughs> but it's, it's their new identity. It's an identity not attained, not earned, Granted by the king. It's a, it's a new way to view yourself. Peter, from that point on, didn't just view himself through what he was good at, which was fishing. He, he viewed himself through what, how Jesus saw him. That Jesus laid upon him a name, an identity. And that identity stuck. Now, I don't know what it is you're wrestling with, with your, the way you see yourself. And there's two ways we can go with it. We can either think that we are pretty fantastic. Which is not a good thing to keep up. Or we can think, I am just so awful, no one should love me. You can, I don't know how this works. I don't, I don't know if this is true with everybody, but I know it's true with me. I can look in the mirror, and most of the time, I think, nailed it. <laughs> usually not true. It's usually not true. I'm overly um, complimentary of myself. Like, I'm probably the only one who sees my odometer when I get out of the car and says, new high score. <laughs> I'm happy with me. That, that doesn't need to be the case all the time. I need, I need humbling a lot. So I got married. <laughs> but I mean, we, we need each other to kind of re recenter ourselves that our identity 
does not come from what we do well or what we, what we, how we think we've achieved something or we, think, or we think we're smart or we think we're dumb or we think we're ugly or we think we're, we're beautiful or whatever. However it is that sodium's affecting your body that day. You, we, we will gauge ourselves from one second to the next on some of the most trivial things, but our identity comes from the fact that God loved the world so much, not to give away two-week sermon, that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that, that he has named us something new, that your identity is not based on how good you are or what you've done poorly. Your identity is based on the fact that Jesus has given you a new name. That he has healed you and laid upon you a name that, that when, when God sees you, he doesn't see just you. He sees you with Jesus. I think a lot of times we think we're going to show up to heaven with our list of goods and bads. And we're going to say, all right, here's what I did Instead of just pointing to Jesus and saying, well, hey, that's what he did. Out, who we are in the eyes of God matters more than who you are in your mirror. Matters more than who, how you got your name in the paper. It matters more than what letters are out beside your name. It matters. Your identity in Christ. Your unique identity in Christ. We're not all the same, but we're all saved by the same one. Your unique identity in Christ is more beautiful than you can ever imagine. God loves you right where you sit. And God, that doesn't mean God's not going to work on you or change you or uh, mature you. You know, it's not that it doesn't mean that you're going to, you're, you're going to become holier as you grow up. You're going to sin less. You'll never be sinless. That's just going to happen as you mature and as you grow. But who, who God sees you to be, who God has named you to be, That should be what we get up praising God for. Don't. My nickname is uh, is Booper. I'll have my 20, 20 year class reunion in a couple of years, and uh, no one there will call me Benjamin. My parents don't even call me Benjamin. They call me Boop. I forget that that's what they call me. It just sort of blends into my brain. So I've kept Benjamin. People from college call me Ben. I've got all sorts of people I knew real well will call me Jammin'. We have all sorts of ways we are known. But what it all boils down to is, are you labeled a child of God? 
what you, identi <laughs> what you identify as matters zero outside of God. And all that matters in, the un in, in God is that God has identified you as saved. We find our identity not in our in our clothing, in our success, in our health, and like we, we don't we don't find our identity in our hobbies. We are, we find our identity in the fact that we've been saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's who I am because it's who God says I am. And so let's stop. You know, sometimes we can get up here and we can say, oh, Lord, we are filthy, horrible, wretched human beings. And we can focus on that, yeah. But God sees us differently than we see ourselves. And his view is higher than ours. God values you more, most likely, than you value yourself. Your identity in Christ is one that is loved and valued and cherished and liked. One of my favorite parts about this whole, this, this short little tiny nothing of a passage, just a list of names, is the fact that Jesus would give a nickname at all. Holy people I know don't give nicknames. They, I don't, it's just it's not a, it just doesn't feel like something Jesus would do. You know, the the tall, white Jesus we saw in movies. Does this feel like something the holy Jesus would do? It, feels, it, it seems like the way I picture it in my raised church brain is Jesus says, Oh, you are Simon, I shall call you Peter. But it probably happened something like, you're huge. <laughs> like a rock. And then later, hey rock, get over here. We're making fish. It didn't happen. It wasn't a formal signing. He didn't give him a, a certificate. It was just Jesus was the sort of person who gave nicknames. I like those people. Most of the time. Jesus finds, gives Peter a new identity, not just in name, but also in life. And he's given you a new identity that in, that in Christ you are something different than the broken person you see in the mirror. In Christ you are something different than, than just the imperfect human that you know all of your own faults. In Christ you're forgiven. You are loved, you are cherished, and your identity can be found in those things. I am a forgiven member of the body of Christ. And no one can take that identity from me. That's just who I am. And from looking around there, most that's who you are too. Now, some of you may think, I haven't ever decided, I haven't ever made that commitment. I haven't ever received that new identity. But now, today, is the day that you receive the new identity, that you claim Jesus 
as Lord and that you are baptized. One of the coolest things you do in pre in um, as a preacher is that you marry people. It's like magic. I now pronounce you husband and wife. And then they're husband and wife. It's crazy. Sometimes I just go to the mall and pronounce people things. I have the power. But when God pronounces us something, it, has, it comes with all that authority. All authority. In heaven and on earth, all authority. When God, God pronounces us something, when God pronounces us saved or joined in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he, he, does, he does the pronouncement and he names us something new. And our identity is no longer found in our brokenness but, in our, or our successes, but it's found in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, whether you need prayers to live out that new identity, to hold on to that new identity, to cherish it, or you want to take the first steps toward attaining it and being proclaimed something else, whatever you need this morning, please come forward while we stand and while we sing. Just
uh, Randy Hallmark has come forward um, with, with a lot on his heart, um, not all of which is um, we're going to discuss, but the, the things that he would like your prayers for is um, 